Come on, how about giving it up for those youth one more time? Hey, let me just a couple of giveaways before I share some verses. We're going to go back into a time of worship and prayer uh, tonight, and I'm going to talk a little bit about that. But uh, just a, a couple of giveaways for some people that helped get the website launched. Uh, this is for Penny Jordan for uh, being the proofreader extraordinaire. Proofreader extraordinaire. Then I've got one for Sam and April and Mercedes. I don't know where all those people are sitting, but they help. there's Sam on the front row. And uh, they helped migrate all the audio files for the podcast from the old site to the new site, which is crazy, crazy amount of work. And so I'm going to put these up here with Hannah. And then I've got a little iTunes gift card here from my friend Mike Mattingly for his birthday today. Come on. Happy birthday. Sharing his birthday with us. Hey, I want to share these verses with you. It comes out of Luke 18, 1 through 8. Trusting that they're going to inspire your heart to believe that God wants to do something in your life tonight in this time of prayer that we're stepping into. We're, we're making these times of extended prayer as part of our services. The elders, we've been doing it this summer, but the elders are going to be meeting this week about whether or not this, we're supposed to continue this, uh, at least for the foreseeable future, because it's really born out of this belief that, that we would see God move more frequently if we brought our prayers to him more persistently. It's this idea that these stories in scriptures aren't just there to tell us about what he did then. It's supposed to inspire us to believe that he wants to do it again in us, for us, and with us. That these stories tell us about history, but the history invites us into a moment in our present I want to read out of Luke 18. This is, again, verses 1 through 8. It says, One day Jesus told his disciples a story to show that they should always pray and never give up. There was a judge in a certain city, and he, and he said, who neither feared God nor cared about people. Now, that's not a good reputation to have if you're a judge. It's not a good reputation to have if you're anyone. Didn't fear God, didn't care about people. Now, a widow of that city came to him and repeatedly said, Give me justice in this dispute with my enemy. The judge ignored her for a while. But finally, he said to himself, I don't fear God or care about people, but this woman is driving me crazy. In the King James, it's great. The heading here is, the, is it uses the word importunity, which means to wear someone out with re Relentless requests. The judge ignored her for, for a while, but finally says, listen to what he says, I don't fear God, I care about people, but this woman is driving me crazy. I'm going to see that she gets justice because she is wearing me out with her constant request. Then the Lord said, listen to what, listen to what Jesus says, learn as a lesson from this unjust judge. Even he rendered a just decision in the end. So don't think that God will surely give justice to his chosen people who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will grant justice to them quickly. But when the Son of Man returns, how many will he find on the earth who have faith? Now, this is an important story for us in the history of our church because when Vanessa and I and our family came here in October of 2007, the church was meeting uh, in the movie theater uh, for Regal Cinemas off of Victory. 
And, and, and so we were in that setup and teardown, and, and the church had already been there for about a year and a half, and myself and many of the leaders just felt like that we were coming uh, into the end of that season and that God wanted us to find a more permanent home. And so in the beginning of 2008, God really put this story on our hearts and inspired us to share with the church that 2008 was going to be the year of his yes. Many of you were here in 2008 and remember that theme for us. And we just declared, believing that that was going to be the year that God was going to move us out of that theater into a more permanent home. The year of his yes. Now, we, have, we were so faith-filled in January. And then September came. And we were still in the movie theater. Right? The, the year was coming to an end. But we had such a sense of confidence that God had spoken to us. Now, over the summer, God had begun to stir our hearts about moving to a Saturday night-only service that would enable us to partner with other churches, and that's where a new vision was getting birthed in us, not just about leaving to find a building, but to also find a building that would enable us to, to pursue partnerships with other churches. Now, we knew that there was a group over off of Harpersville Road, 28 Harpersville Road. Back then, it was called the Mosaic, and there were probably about six or seven churches that shared that facility with each other. And one of our elders, Nate Nawat, his father, Dean, was one of the elders in the church that owned that property. Now, we had talked to them multiple times before, but they were completely full. And so we were meeting as a group of elders, and we said, you know, we should just call again, just, just to ask, just to inquire. And I remember that particular week reaching out to Dean Nowatney and, and uh, catching him around lunchtime and said, hey, Dean, this is Fred, and, and uh, I, I, do you think that Pastor Ken Tomley, who was a pastor of Hope Community Church would be, would be open to, to, to us just meeting with him and talking about finding room for us, especially since we're going to be meeting on Saturday night. And, and, and he started to laugh on the phone, right? which I was irritated by. I was like, this is serious business for us. This is the year of his yes, Dean. This is not a laughing matter. Right? And he said, uh, he said, are you eavesdropping on our conversation? And I was like, I don't know what you mean. He said, because I'm at lunch right now with Pastor Ken. He's sitting across the table from me. And you know why we're meeting? I said, no. He said, we're meeting because just this week, one of the renting churches told us that they were not going to renew their lease, and we scheduled lunch today to talk about who we were going to reach out to to fill that spot, and here you are calling. Now, it took us about a week to put that lease together, right, and sign that, because we both knew that God was moving on our behalf. And it's interesting that the story that God gave us to declare it was the year of his yes was going to require us to be persistent in our petition of him, that it wasn't going to happen right away. So we prayed and we prayed month after month, week after week, and it was that first Saturday in December of 2008, we held our first worship service there at 28 Harpersville Road, and we were there for the next eight years before we finally came here to this location. I'm sharing all of that with you because I believe that this story isn't just supposed to be a part of the story of our church. I believe it's supposed to be part of your story in your own life and in your own journey. That it's okay to ask God over and over and over and over and over again. Some of the teachings, right, that we find in Scripture that speak to us about faith and prayer, we see Jesus move on someone's behalf in a moment. But in this story, Jesus is saying it doesn't always work that way. 
there will be times in your life where you have to come to him again and again and again and again. Jesus gives us this story not because he's comparing God to the unjust judge. He's giving us this story because he's saying if an unjust judge will eventually respond to someone, if an unjust judge who does not care about God nor care about people will eventually hear the cry of the woman, how much more will your heavenly Father hear your cry in a moment? So for some of you tonight, when we open up these altars for prayer, you're going to be discouraged, and you're not going to want to come. And what you're going to say to yourself is, I've already talked to God about this, and it doesn't seem as though he's listening. What I would say to you is you come and you wear him out. You keep petitioning him with your cry. Because if he's asking you to wait, there is a reason. And he doesn't always share that reason. Oftentimes there's a waiting because there's a work that he's trying to do in us before he even answers the prayer that we're bringing to him. Even if it's a prayer that you've prayed before, what I would say to you is pray again. I think another reason why God gave us this story and why I think it's poignant for some of you tonight is that is that you, feel, you don't come because you feel guilty asking God for something for yourself. I think one of the things that's so powerful about this story is that this widow wasn't ashamed to ask God for something for herself. And I think sometimes as, as people, it's a false humility that we don't come even though we have a need, even though we face a serious situation, because there's something inside of us that feels undeserving and unworthy to come to, it's as if God's going to be too busy to respond to us. And what I would say to you, God's never too busy for your circumstance. He's never too busy for your situation. And then at some point, you've got to find a comfort level to pray for yourself. For some of you, you pray for people all the time, but you don't ever ask God for yourself. It's, it's like the person, right, who's always serving, always helping, always caring for others, but has neglected themselves with self-care. You see it in families all the time with young children, especially with moms or stay-at-home dads, always pouring out, but feeling guilty when it's time for them to be cared for themselves. What I would say to you tonight is we step back into worship and these prayer teams come in just a moment that you need to have a sense of liberty and freedom to ask God to intervene in your situation, in your circumstance, for your life. I'm going to invite the band to come back up and the prayer teams are going to begin to take their places. Let me just encourage you with this as well is that God's not asking you to have faith tonight that he's going to remove all divorce from the world. But it doesn't mean, it doesn't mean that you can't have faith that he's going to heal your marriage. God's not asking you tonight to have faith that he's going to remove from this world all disease. He's not asking you to have that kind of faith tonight. But it doesn't mean that you can't have the faith to believe that he wants to heal you. God's not asking you to have faith tonight to believe that he's going to remove all addiction from this world. But it doesn't mean that you can't have faith that he wants to deliver you. 
God's not asking you to have faith that he's going to remove all injustice from this world. It's like the woman who came to the judge. She wasn't asking God for justice for all people for all time. And he's not asking you to have that kind of faith tonight. But it doesn't mean that you can't believe that he's going to avenge you in your situation and in your circumstance. Father, I pray for people tonight that in this moment as we begin to worship with these songs, as we begin to still and settle our hearts, that, that your Holy Spirit is, is going to begin to whisper to us, inspire us, and to prompt us, and to help us see the things that we need to bring to you, things that are bigger than ourselves, circumstances and situations that are beyond our control, I pray for people that are here tonight that are feeling helpless and hopeless. I pray that you would inspire them with the courage to come. I pray for people that are here tonight that are facing a diagnosis that is discouraging and for some, even frightening. And I pray that your Holy Spirit would inspire them with the faith and the courage to come. God, we know that you gave us this story not to remind us of who you are, because you did that in other stories. You gave us this story to remind us who you're not, because you do care about people, and you care about every person that's in this room. And I pray that they would be willing to avail themselves tonight to the ministry of prayer, to the hope that comes through a spoken word, through the encouragement that comes through a prayer of hope, through the healing that can come through a supernatural moment when we step into your presence. God, for the freedom that we find when we surrender ourselves to you. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. I'm going to invite you to stand where you are. For the rest of our service tonight, we're going to be spending these moments in worship. There are teams that are up here. There's going to be some of us that are in the back. If it's easier for you to get to there, if you're in the balcony and you want to come down for prayer, and what I would encourage, don't leave here tonight. Don't leave here tonight without spending some time talking to God about the situations and the circumstances that you face. Let's pray together.